Welcome to the Calgary Sessions. I'm your host, Jeff Humphreys. Today's uh, guest is going to be a really cool conversation um, off camera. I said I love talking to athletes, so this is going to be really awesome. Uh, this is episode number 48. I should slide that in there. So go ahead, introduce yourself, your name, and kind of what you're up to. So I'm Melissa Lutholtz, Canadian bobsled athlete, um, lived on and off in Calgary for the last eight years. Cool. Yeah. Um, and like I said, and I'm not bullshitting you, um, before we got on the show, I'm like, athletes, just the way, especially Olympians, how you're wired, what you do, you already said, you're like, well, I just do what I, <laughs> I, I find it fascinating just to, to, to get to be inside an athlete's head for an hour or whatever we're going to have here. So mm-hmm. this is, I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> um, so the gist of the show is I'd like the athlete to kind of go, athlete, the person to go back as far as they want to go, you know, how you grew up, mm-hmm. where you grew up. Kind of what you, what got okay. what you're interested in back then, whether it's school or sport or family. So just go back to a time when you kind of remember mm-hmm. the lights coming on. And be like, ah, I remember things started to make sense at this age. I grew up, so I grew up on a family farm. My great grandpa homesteaded it northwest of Edmonton. Okay, um, parents are still there. So I we when I say it was early 30s, so we're almost at 100 years of having no the farm in the family, which is kind of cool. Where is it? What, like how? Barhead. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yep. hour and a half outside of Edmonton. Yep. And how big a farm? Um, Right now, I think this spring, my dad seeded like 1,600 acres or so. so 1,600, 1,700. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Big enough for yeah. like a single family farm. Yep. So yeah, grew up on the farm, Um, have a younger sister. So I think I learned a lot of like, I guess what you would call like that physical literacy kind of on the farm, just like, so that idea of like body awareness and coordination and just like that kind of stuff just by like working and playing on the farm and um, I've always loved sports and I there wasn't like I know there's a lot of Olympians that are always like oh I had this moment where I watched this on TV and I knew I wanted to be an Olympian and I don't know if I I don't remember a moment like that but I do remember at a really young age being like that'd be really cool I would love to go to the Olympics and compete in the Olympics Um, and it would have been elementary school already where I had thought this and so on the farm, were you like a like typical upbringing, upbringing, you like hanging out, working, going to school, like just my helping parents, out? Yeah. Well, my parents did a really good job of being like, okay, your job is being a student first. Mm. So um, I think there's sometimes, especially like on farms and stuff like that, where it's like we helped out a lot, um, but it wasn't like we had chores before school. It was kind of like, okay, school is your first priority. Yep. And then it was like, yeah, on like evenings or weekends, we had like different things that we did Um, and growing up we had both grain and cattle um, whereas now my parents just have grain Um, so like I was a 4-H kid which essentially for all the city slickers that probably don't know what 4-H is yeah Yeah. I'm one of those (laughs) okay so it's essentially like a club for um, later elementary and like junior high high school okay Um, and they do different like projects so um, I did like the cooking and crafts project i did a year of the beef project and it's just it has everything from like not only are you like doing these skills um but there's like bookkeeping there's like mandatory public speaking hmm. um there's like achievement days okay yeah so yeah hmm. so i was a 4-h kid for three years as well okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. So, like you said a city slicker we're like well, i don't know like, yeah so. yeah it's a similar to i guess i don't know like I don't know, any other typical club, like if you want to say like Boy Scouts or something like yep. that. But it was yep. more like the projects and the levels, I guess, would be like agricultural based. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so pretty like normal childhood, like yeah. school, farm seems mm-hmm. pretty like standard. Yeah, and involved in like random sports in the community and in school. Yep. Yeah. Anything 
just all did you touch everything did you try everything I tried to do as much as I could um I mean being in a small rural school um we didn't have like the same volume I guess of like selection and stuff like Mm -hmm. I remember in university talking to like some of my friends and they were like oh yeah I was on like eight different teams in high school and I'm like your high school had eight different teams (laughs) 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 like we had like track like so we had long distance like cross-country stuff yeah I never did that (laughs) I've never been an endurance athlete. Ever. Ever. And and you knew that from a young age? You were just like yeah, I not good at it I or didn't like it? I remember even in like high school telling like my basketball coach, I'm like, if you want me to be successful on the court, please sub me on for like a minute. Take me on for 30 seconds so I can breathe and then put me back on. <laughs> yeah. None of this five-minute shift stuff. Like <laughs> you, knew, you knew early that it was like yeah. Yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I did like volleyball, basketball, track and field, some years of badminton. And yeah. that was that was what my school had. And small school? Like we're we yeah. talking like classes of? Uh, like my grad class was I think 120. Okay. So not like not yeah. 27. It's like a decent size. My elementary school was small though. Like okay. kindergarten to grade six was 60 kids. Crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So the split classrooms, like one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So how long, so what happens? Like, so you're going to school, um, just kind of picking away at sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew I was fast. I remember, I think it was like grade five or six where I guess it was like a big enough member that I remember it yep. still being like, I think I had beat like everybody else in the class. Like a track day, like end, end of the year track like day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm fast. That's cool. Like walked everybody? Like Yeah, like guys and girls at that age. Yeah, like, I was just like, boom. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you kind of knew something was a little bit, a little different. Yeah. And I think I was always that kid with like a, probably growing up on the farm, but like a really strong work ethic. Yep. So yeah, like especially maybe more so like later on, like it kind of sounds funny, but like I was that kid in like high school that like, yes, I was driving into town um, at that point, like for school Mm because usually my parents were like yeah if you have I think they were very thankful the day I got my license at six I got it like the day after I turned 16 they didn't didn't have to shuttle you (laughs) yeah exactly so they didn't have to drive 20 minutes into town almost Mm -hmm. every day for Mm -hmm. my sports (laughs) yeah but yeah I convinced like half my basketball team to like come half hour early to school so we could work on our shot so I was like that kind of person Hmm. so like do you think it was just an um, an internal motivation, or was it like did your did your parents like do anything? Did they say like push you to do like to excel, or was it just um, you? I, my parents always were like, yeah, we want you to do your best, mm. um, and I, they like very much like that idea of like you finish what you start. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they wanted me to do my best. That didn't mean I had to be the best. Gotcha. Yeah, but you were willing to like put in the work and yeah. go the extra mile and totally figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, so, so what ha- what starts happening in like after high school? So grade twelve, I like at provincial track and field meet, got recruited to run at the University of Alberta. So you were like, you were fast. Fast enough, yeah. 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 I think the stars aligned kind of a little bit like in my grade twelve year. Um, coming from a small school, we kind of like we had actually a really like pretty like high level track and field team and just a bunch of athletes that were yeah like there and actually like. I don't know. There's people joke. There's like something in the water or something like there was like out of the 120 kids, like in my grad class, I think there was like seven or eight of us that went on to pay, play like post-secondary, hmm. which is a pretty high percentage. Yep. Um, lots of volleyball. Um, I think I might've been the only track one. There was somebody that went on and played like soccer, cool. um, basketball as well. So yeah. yeah, there was a big mix. Um, but grade 12, we had like a, 
pretty solid track team that like we had been training together for like years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of like a fairy tale ending in like grade 10. We had got bronze as a team mm-hmm. at provincials. Grade 11, we got silver. And <laughs> somehow in grade 12, we got gold. No way. Yeah. And um, is it like rural schools? Is it all of Alberta? Like where is it? That, for that, that's all of Alberta. Oh, so it's like. Yeah. Most high school sports are split up based off of like the size of your school. Yep. Uh, but track and field is like, I think one of the only sports where it's just like, okay, every, all every, the, it doesn't matter where you're from, how yep. big your school is, everybody's competing at the same track meet. And what were you, what sports were you competing in? So that track me, I did, so we did four by one. I ran anchor, so the yep. last person. Mm-hmm. Um, I competed in the last 100. Um, yep. and I got bronze actually in the 100, which was like the only time I had medaled individually at provincials. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and and it was it was unfortunate, but there was somebody that would, was slated, I think, to win that and ended up pulling out kind of the day before. Mm. So that in some ways might have opened up that door for me to win both those yep. medals that we did. Yep. Um, yeah, I think I also might have ran the 200 and probably like long jump or something like so that. Sprints, lots of sprints. Yeah, short distance, powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and were you, was it all consuming for you back then? Or was it like, was it still like school, friends, track? Um, I'd say like a lot of my friends groups, it like was dependent on like whatever sports season it was in. Yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. But we had a small school, so there was yeah. like a good core of us that were in all, all the sports together. You just rolled, you rolled through all yeah, the different... Yeah, we just, we yeah. were like, okay, volleyball season's done, let's go to basketball <laughs> next. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> Who are we going to beat? Um, so U of A recruits you? Yeah, so it was a technically actually like a, a track club that was associated with the U of A, just okay. the way that like the programs were set up then. They had a lot of, um, they had like the University of Alberta had like, open track time and all the clubs could compete and then if you're also a university student at the time then you could essentially like also compete for the u of a but everybody trained with their club gotcha so it's changed since yeah. but when i initially got recruited that's how it was mm-hmm. and i said um yeah i'd love to start club training so that was probably like i guess the original og season of my rocky training on the farm which has resurfaced during COVID. No way. Yeah. So you just, you, you went home and did like made up your own thing and. Well, no, like my, I had, so I like got in contact with this coach yep. and um, he gave me a program and I'm like, well, I don't have gym equipment. So like, I remember like stuff for like, yeah, I know. Awesome. <laughs> it was like, okay, well, like how do you come up with a bench on the farm? So I tried everything from like, I don't know, like a rake with pails with rocks on the side to like. Like in the barn? Like, just, like, out on the okay, lawn or whatever. Right. And then, like, or flipping a wheelbarrow upside down and stacking stuff on it. Like, wow, you were, like, creative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> During COVID, when I was trying to go to the Olympics, it looked a little bit more legit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least you were, like, practice. You kind of knew what you were getting into. Yeah. but And especially now this time around. Um, cause so I grad graded from, like, grade 12 in 2010. Good. Um, started training track and field that year. There's a lot of similarities between track and bobsled. Yep. And so even when I switched, my program was very similar, especially because Small World, my uh, strength and conditioning coach for bobsled, coached my track and field coach back when he Crazy. Yeah, so, did so track. Some yeah. kind of uh, thought process and they, Yeah, how they very similar everything. programming. Cool. So kind of during COVID when all of a sudden I couldn't do yep. what I've been doing for the last decade, I was yep. like, oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah. Like, I get to this be creative. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> did you were you going to school too at U of A? Yeah, I did. So I did a year of Bible college first yep. and ran club, and then I went to the U of A. And what'd you? 
studying nutrition and food science. Okay. Yeah. And then I didn't, I still have not finished. I'm kind of back and forth always with the university trying to figure out like if or what online classes I can do or what that process might look like. Does that bug you at all? Um, like does that school checkbox need to happen? Or are you okay with? I see the value in a degree. Um, I think like just like the real world experience that I have now at this point is probably like, I feel like personally outweighs it. But yep. I think some other people like a checkbox. Yeah. So I think like just in terms of like open doors and opportunities, mm-hmm. um, it's not a bad idea yep. to have it finished. So was, was school ever your jam? Like, oh yeah, like I was like like the scholarship I ended up going to the U of A with was like academic athletic combined. Okay. So it's it's not a problem. (laughs) Yeah. I enjoy learning. Hmm. So, but I do find like with university sometimes, um, like I'm that kind of person that wants to dig in deep kind of thing. Whereas I feel like they're kind of like, okay, here's something very wide. Yeah. Okay. Second year, we'll go a little deeper. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, oh my goodness. Can we just do a unit on this? Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. So how long were you the kind of, how long were you there for? So, so 2011 to 2014. So I did three years. Okay. So you're pretty, yeah. you're pretty close to being. Yeah, I was pretty ish. close. Yeah. It's when I tried out for Bob said, I did not think things would happen quite the way that they did. And mm. I know, I remember being down in Calgary the day before classes were supposed to start at the university of Alberta. It was registered like pretty much, I think at a year and a half at that point. To go into your fourth year. Yeah. Year four. And yeah. a lot of athletes, we don't take like the typical five yep. every semester just because of our training load. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I had like probably 15 or 16 classes left. Yep. Um, was yeah jumping in for mm-hmm. another year and mm-hmm. like was down in Calgary, had been doing some bobsled stuff and doing some bobsled camps. And I was like, oh, it's looking like I'm going to be like selected to the World Cup team. So I literally like the day before university started, went online and just like, okay, drop all classes. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> What'd that feel like to, to to just to jump into to that to actually like close that? Oh. So, sorry, but before we even go there, <laughs> when you're when you're when you touched on it earlier. So when you're at university, and you're running track. Mm-hmm. You know, it's intense. There's a lot of training. Yeah. Um, it feels like a good thing for you. Like you like that kind of work ethic and getting involved. Like you said, you already answered like getting in deep, but like mm-hmm. training that much and. It was it was difficult though for sure. Like the I went from the balance and also being like going from being like a big fish in a small pond to the small fish in a big pond. That's a hard transition as well. Yeah, because you're leaving a small town. You're like, yeah, the fastest person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that, set like a school record yeah, yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm at a university level running track. These are all the fastest people from all like schools across Canada. So what do you do? What what? So when you think that, what happens? For me, I'm just like, oh, well, then I'm going to work harder, which ironically in track doesn't always work because sometimes the harder you work, the more you're like digging yourself into a hole almost. Mm. Yeah. There's Based. a weird balance and rhythm to it. Right. Yeah. So if you, but that was your first move. You're like, I'm going to put the work in and oh, yeah. and, and change it around. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is, this is where I want to be. This is like, I'm going I'm to work hard to get there. Like, yep. And how yeah. did it? When you're running for three years, what did mm-hmm. that look like? Did that plan actually? It, like, I mean, I got better and better. There was ups and downs. I mean, yeah. like life, sport, always yeah. ups and downs. Um, like my first year when I was like at the U of A, um, like making it to nationals and qualifying for nationals mm-hmm. was always kind of like a big goal for me. Because yep. um, it was like good enough to run at a, a university level, but I wasn't in that like top tier kind of yep. thing. 
And so that kind of was like, to me, I was like, oh, I've made it once I've like been able to call like qualify for like Canadian champs kind of thing. Which is a big, big thing. deal. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so my first year, I was on the relay team for the four by two. And we were at the, the zone meet. So Canada West. Um, so I think it's everything from Manitoba West, essentially. Yep, yep. So, and we were on the relay team. I, we were doing well. Like I would have gone to nationals, but mm-hmm. literally, and it was weird because sometimes you have a voice in the back of your head and you're like, hmm, this could go wrong. And literally like coming around the bank of the last corner and like my entire team was like right there. So they saw like the expression on my face, my hamstring blew. And yeah. <laughs> So like just like that, like nationals like Over. went away. Yeah. And it was weird because I was like ahead of time, I was like, oh, I don't know how well your body's doing, but like whatever, we're just D- gonna do this anyway. Just a straight gut intuition. You just felt yeah. something that wasn't quite there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this could go poorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah, hundred and like it was coming around the last corner. So yeah, like 120 meters in mm-hmm. on the, that last bank. And just it just whoosh. yeah. And yeah. what do you like? Um devastating are you can you manage it like what are you thinking when that's Uh, yeah I mean you're running as fast as you can at that point in time right so like I don't know like other people said they were like we because like I said coming around the corner and like my entire team was on that corner cheering Mm -hmm. on the relay team Mm -hmm. and so they're like yeah we like saw your face and it was like sheer pain and then sheer determination and you kept on like trying to hobble and then someone was like no (laughs) sit down go on to the infield it's not a big deal like they had qualified the four by two i think in a different way yep um it wasn't all riding on that race Mm. but obviously i couldn't go like i couldn't walk properly yeah like i blew up my hamstring and the season's done yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Um, so that was year one (laughs) And then, and then what do you do? Is he, the, yeah. And then the rehab process. Yeah. Well, are you are you wired to handle these um, the ups and downs? I don't know. Is anybody? Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like with more with more ups and downs, maybe you can manage the emotional you, swings. Yeah, or the like the resiliency side of it. Yep. Yeah, I'd say I'm still like an emotional person, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's learning how to like regulate those things. Yep. Like refocus yeah. and kind of yeah get back going. Yeah. But I think too as an athlete and like, I mean, at this time I would have been 18 or 19, I guess. I would have just turned 19, so right? Like young. So young, yeah. And so you're, it's like, it's it's a big deal, right? And you're mm-hmm. like, it was also like, that was the big goal. That was when I made it and it mm-hmm. was there and then it was gone. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was difficult. So how do you bounce back in year two and three? You just... Just more hard work. <laughs> yeah. Like rehab, rehab, train, train, train. Yeah. And away you go. And I mean, there was lots of ups and downs with that too. Like, because I think I've always been a bit of like a go-getter and stuff, yep. both in sport and in school and stuff. Yeah. Um, like year two didn't go the way I wanted it to either. Like I, I was the foolish person. That... <laughs> I love how you're like, you start laughing before it even comes out. So Because it's like one of those things in hindsight, you're like, well, yeah, that was silly. Like, of course you dug yourself into a hole. But it was like at the time you're like, I can handle this. Mm-hmm. I can do anything. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, I signed up for because instead of the normal five classes course yep. load I was doing, I was doing four. Um, I was like, well, I want to graduate on time still. I don't want to do this in like five years. I want to do this in four years. So I took spring and summer classes. So nonstop. Yeah. So I think it was like I hit the point where I was in school for like 20 months and I was like starting to burn out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I like, I even remember going to see like an academic advisor and I don't know why they don't tell you this ahead of time, but they were like, well, yeah, it makes sense that you're struggling. All the hardest courses of your degree are this semester. And I'm like, 
why didn't you tell me that earlier? Like, <laughs> Give me some help here. Yeah. And it was like the same time that we were like going into track season. And so I didn't do well at like the first couple of opening meets. Yeah. And then I ended up finding myself not on the relay team that second year. Hmm. Yeah. Just because you were, um, I didn't, school is like burying you? It was, yeah. Yeah. I think I was just like burning up between like the course load and yeah. like the, I think the expectation and the pressure I put on myself to perform both in academics and yep. track. Is yeah. that an internal, that pressure? Like that's, that's all you putting it on yourself? Both. Like, I mean, like for instance, to like even maintain my scholarship, I, there was like an academic requirement. Right. Yeah. So there, there was this external yep. extra pressure, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. It was like, Oh, if I don't maintain those grades and Oh, if I'm not on the team, like I also lose this money that's yep. paying for school. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that like that internal drive to, to push yourself, mm-hmm. Like, where does it come from? Do you, have, do you have any idea? We just are, are people just wired with it? Is it? I, yeah, I think it's it probably ex- a combination. Like a, I, I don't know. I would like to think that everybody's kind of wired that way. Why? Well, well, here's the here's the interesting thing. I think me yeah. being way outside of your world, like mm-hmm. obviously, I think potentially your world, the people you surround yourself with, you're all wired the same. Right. So your norm. That is, yeah, it's the your, norm. Yeah. Your circle, that's the norm. Whereas yeah. I think when you you get to a point in your life and you, you're you in different circles, mm-hmm. I think you'll see that, oh, we're not, not at work. Everybody's wired that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, is your is your sister wired like you? Like, is she a go-getter? I would say like so. A, a yeah, like she ended up doing like a specialized degree in math and science. And so like. Yeah, and she was like double minority within her degree. Like mm. she was female and she was white. And yeah. <laughs> and still killed it. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So you don't like, yeah. so how you operate, You just, it's just who you are. Yeah. And maybe it's like family values or upbringing, right? Like, like working on the farm is yeah. like. It's classic. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, well, classic like saying, right? Like make hay when the sun shines. It's like, okay, well, it's time to work. So go work. We're going to work. Like yeah. <laughs> get and it done. Yeah. Were, were your parents, when they went to work, like on, on the, did they both work on the farm? Like. Mm-hmm. And was it like early mornings? Certain times a year, totally. You, you could see them. Yeah, like, like, like in the days. harvest time or whatever. Yeah, it's like. It's big days. There's some, there's some people that we know that like, especially if it's multifamily farms and stuff like that, like your equipment does not stop unless it's broken. Right. Kind of thing at that yeah. time of year. Like my parents would sleep for like, yeah, maybe four or five hours a night. So you're seeing these things as a, as a youngster, yeah. right? Yeah. Which yeah. who knows where that, I'm not smart enough to figure out if that weighs in on like. Yeah, I mean, I think there's right that like. um you could say like that hardwired personality side, and yep. but then there's also like learned behavior, right? Yep. So like nature, nurture, probably both, right? Mm-hmm. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Um, so year three, what happens? Are you better? <laughs> better, yeah. So f- finally made it to nationals, like, and again as part of the relay team. Yep. Um, and it didn't help that like year two and year three, like Edmonton was hosting. So even when I wasn't like mm. competing at nationals, it was mm. like, oh, I'm here helping mm. because mm. I didn't make it. Like mm. double. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, but yeah, year three, um, made it with the relay team. We did we did well. Um I can't even remember like yeah. necessarily how we finished or yeah. anything like that. But it was, um, it was an accomplishment. You like Yeah, totally. Like I was like, oh sweet. But it was funny because like even that year, there was something in me that I was like, oh, like feeling i had known already for a while that i'd wanted to try bobsled yeah where does that okay this is where, how do you even think about that yeah i had no idea growing up right no like, no um my first year so when i was 
at Bible College and running tr- like club track. Yep. My training partner, Christine De Bruin, um, she's also gone to the last two Olympics in okay. the sport of bobsled. Okay. She was kind of wrapping up, and our coach, because he had been coached by the guy who was the strength and conditioning coach at Bobsled Canada, he was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, like you should try that sport." And so he had kind of like signed her up to try it out, and yep. I got to watch Christine try this new sport and I was like whoa I had no idea someone like me could do something like that like hmm. I want to try that one day um so that was back in 2011 was there was that the first time you thought about like an Olympic goal like um, Bobson is an Olympics yeah. well, I guess it's World yeah. Cup and there's like yeah but like that international kind of idea you weren't thinking about that when you're running track I was well aware by the time I was in junior high that I was fast, but not that fast. <laughs> okay. So you, you knew where your cap was? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I like, even have it written down. I'm a big journaler. No, um, always? Uh, from a young age? Grade eight was the first time I like have like, I guess, you a still, journal. You still have it? I do. Okay. Yeah. And like, I think it's like, it was at a youth retreat and I like remember writing down three or four pages in actually something about like my silly Olympic dream and like how I like wanted it but i was like like You'd, i was grade eight right so i'm yeah. like oh i realized that it's like okay let's yeah. put this in like realistic terms like this is probably not happening mm-hmm. but it didn't mean that it wasn't there yep yeah um so you're watching this you're watching this person now trying bobsled and, mm-hmm. and you're thinking mm, this is like yeah because we have she has the same skill set attributes. yeah, yeah okay. exactly yeah yep. I'm like we're both fast we're both strong yep like if she can do it maybe i could too okay yeah so you're starting to think about it mm-hmm. yeah and well and more than think about it like plan for it like in my even like u of a planning binder like i think going into the 2014 olympics like the way the olympic app was set up it was like had all these random stats so i think i like before i even tried out for the bobsled team knew the average age and the average like um how many like years people had been competing in the sport before they went to those Olympics and the mm-hmm. average weight mm-hmm. because Christine was in the sport. I knew a lot of the physical targets that people were trying to hit. Yep. So I was you, like, you, you've done your, re- you were doing your research. Yeah. <laughs> You're prepared. Yes. You, very weren't, much so. you weren't going in blind. You're no. like, oh, let's try this. No. And we like, and I had for whatever reason, just like in my heart kind of was like at peace right after like that, those nationals yep. um, in that varsity season being like, yeah, I want to make that switch. And we like right away started adapting my training. With your strength coach. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And now we fast forward to that. Mm-hmm. You're in Calgary. Was mm-hmm. there other moments before that Calgary one where you're like, oh, I could actually make this? Like, was there any other? any other? In 2013, I had done an ID camp in Edmonton. Okay. Uh, little did I know that the ID camp actually, because, so my strength coach here, is, his name is Quinn. Okay. And my track coach was Rob. So apparently, I found, found this out years later, they kind of had like, built that camp because Quinn was running the recruitment camp around like what my training schedule was. Mm. I had no idea. Mm. Um, Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So they ran this camp in 2013. Yep. I got like told a week ahead of time. Oh yeah, Melissa, you're going to go do this testing camp. We're just using it as part of your training. And this is in Edmonton? <laughs> this is in Edmonton. And, and, the, and the test is like, was there a sled there? It was like, like straight pushes or was there anything? It was. Like so what? it was, so they're looking for like, yeah, speed and strength. Yep. So they, we did like, I want to say a 30 meter sprint. We did like a broad jump. We did med ball throw. Yep. I think the first time I ever did a front squat. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, oh, sure. I'll test that. Why not? <laughs> How do we do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So those are kind of like the things they were looking at. And it's actually interesting. I don't even know if you could like find it online now, but like this CBC, I think was there. And no they actually did like an interview cool. about like, oh yeah, like 
it was it was a special on Heather Moyes, um, but it was yeah. like they had recruited like the potential next generation of bobsled kind of athletes. So yep. it was kind of crazy, like looking back and being like, "Oh wow!" Like I did I did an interview about bobsled before I had even done bobsled. And what like, year is this? This is twenty thirteen. Okay. Yeah, so it's like crazy to kind of. And I think it was called like the future of whatever. I don't even know what the article was, but yeah. Hmm. Um, <laughs> what what did the sport look like in 2013? Was it um, like I didn't come down to Calgary at any point. I hmm. just did the dry land testing. Hmm. Yeah, because yeah. they had like they had invited me to come down and push in the ice house here in Calgary. Yep. But I was like, that's the same time as our like Canada West yep. track meet. I'm like, I can't make it. Hmm. Yeah. And was bobsled big i can't remember like 2013 what was happening on the scene like who was there was so we sent um so to the 2014 olympics we the f- would would have sent um two female sleds and we sent a full like three men's teams yeah. okay and so when was the first year that the women were in bobsled at the olympics 2002 okay other than okay like fun fact bobsled like was one fun of fact. the yeah <laughs> So one of the OG sports of the Winter Games, yep. and it's gone through lots of different changes. But at one point, uh, it was a five-person team, and one of those people had to be a woman. No way. Yeah. Crazy. So, and then they got rid of the women and it took until 2002. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, come back. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy because people are like, what, 2002? Like, that's recent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for that Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's lots of like people talk about that one. Yeah. Um. So 2014. So you come down to Calgary. Mm-hmm. You try this thing. Just you know, it's yeah. Right, I had right come school. down on like a random weekend. I was running a track meet. I had talked to the like them, and I was like, ideally, yeah. When do you want me down here? And they're like, oh, like the beginning of July. This is the end of May. I'm like, oh, okay. I will see if I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. And like things just kind of like fell into place, which was really cool. And um. Just the way the program was set up then, like I was able to start training with the national team, like uh, at Winsport right from go kind yep. of thing. Um, I just, think just cause, just might have been the connection I had. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and it was I think in a transition period as well. This like the team, mm-hmm. yeah. So hmm. and it was centralized at the time, whereas right now, uh, this last Olympic cycle wasn't centralized. So they kind of like try to help facilitate people to be able to be at home longer yep, yep. kind of thing. Yeah. So when you kind of surprise yourself, you're like, this is an opportunity and you hit like mm-hmm. drop out of school. What, what, what <laughs> we had already done a testing camp by then. I was like, oh, I'm pushing fast. Okay. Like, oh, wow. And there was there was a lot of people that retired after 2014 mm. games as well. Okay. Yeah. So it was a, it was a not, yeah. the, not the perfect storm, but it was an interesting time to. Totally. Yeah. It was like, oh, like it looks like I'm like, one of the fastest pushing athletes here. Like, mm. okay. So we're doing this. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to say no to that. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what happens? You like, you test and then does somebody like tap you on the shoulder and be like, yes, you're staying with us for it the was year. It really weird. Like there was nothing official that year announcement wise. Um, I remember, so I watched, I think I was sitting for a test. So I had like, whatever recorded the 2014 women's bobsled race because I knew I had at this point wanted to try out even that season for like bobsled and get my feet wet fully expected to be like starting at the bottom and working my way up Mm because I'm like oh that's that's what I do like I grind yeah yeah, yeah. that's just how it's done (laughs) exactly yeah um so I remember like watching when Kaylee and Heather won their second medal actually somebody had texted me before even like watched the results because I had been busy studying and I'm like oh I wanted to watch it myself. Thanks for ruining it. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. 
Um, but no, yeah. So it was like the second camp in it would have been September. And then we had like this team building event afterwards. We mm-hmm. went up to Shanks, I think. Oh, yeah. And um, Kaylee Humphreys sits me down and talks about like the fact that I'm probably sliding with her that year. And I'm like, 21 years old and being like holy smokes this is the two-time olympic champion talking like, to me about racing with her this season i i like <laughs> so what like yeah <laughs> what do you do just like smile and nod and yeah well and it was also interesting too because it was like as uh kaylee wasn't at the first camp i had done but she was like at that like that second camp yep and like i'm the new kid on the block or whatever so mm-hmm. like i'm like i know who you are you have no idea yeah. which makes sense yeah, totally. like, <laughs> I'll, stay your, I'll stay on your way <laughs> but I'm like oh like do I introduce myself do I wait for her to introduce herself and like kind of like yeah by the end of the week or whatever at this team building event like she sits me down and talks for an hour about like what the season's probably going to look like and I'm like okay <laughs> so what is that what is that actually you know you're like okay but where are you? overwhelming for sure at that point yeah yeah, yeah. um overwhelmed but uh you know you can do it or do you say, oh, no idea what I'm getting into. Mm. I've never been down a bobsled track yet. Oh, so you're just like... Yeah, I'm just pushing the ice house and I've stat, pushed fast. Yeah, your stats look great. Yeah. You have no idea. It was just like, like how I trained in track and like my running style transferred well. Not everybody's running style is going to yeah. transfer super well. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, mine did. Okay. Yeah. So you have this conversation. Mm-hmm. You're like, holy shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> what, what starts happening? It would have been like maybe a week or two later. We get like we do track walk for the first time in Calgary, get in a sled for the first time, went down with Alicia Risling. Um, so she was a pilot from Edmonton. Mm-hmm. First ride down. Um, my teammates had, I think, prepped me for the worst because everybody's like, Bob's that's horrible. I think the one guy was like, I hate the ride down, but I love pushing the sled, so I'm still here. I'm like, <laughs> this is gonna be horrible what are you talking about but I'm like I was like I've always been a little bit of like a speed demon or yep. thrill seeker kind of thing mm-hmm. so I was like no but this should be fun and so I just remember my impression first ride down like we had walked the track so in theory I knew where I was mostly they were kind of like okay so you're gonna hit Kreisel which you're, is like a 360 mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna be like so much cheese like we pull I want to say entrance of Kreisel six or seven G's like madness yeah, <laughs> and it's not like sustained a long time. Know, if that's sustained, right? You'd black out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we pull a lot of G's, and you're like, okay, I did not know I was that flexible. Um. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, okay, now I know where I am. I was like before, kind of like, oh, I don't know. And I like, I think I was like holding on super tight. Came quickly to realize that I mean, you're obviously being pushed down into the sled, so yep. you kind of eventually relax and yeah, then, yeah. like you don't need to hold on. But yep. I think by like day two or three I was like had been holding on so tight I was like I can't even break in time because I have no grip strength left because I've been like white knuckling for like a minute on the way down but yeah my first impression when we like crossed the finish line I was like oh it's over already okay so it wasn't um it was intense yeah yeah you had no idea what you're getting into did anybody prepare you like give you well like other than my teammates on the truck like it was hilarious like two Olympians from like the lot like previous Olympics and like big guys like i mean the average size for um our bobsled guys are like is about like 100 100 kilos to 105 kilos or so mm-hmm. and then like little old me right <laughs> <Hanging out>. like, <laughs> <"Okay."> <laughs> Where we and they're like telling me about the ride down i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> like they're like prepping me for the worst at this point and i'm like because some people hate it they'll get out and they'll be like i am never doing that again mm. yeah because it's got to be a weird 
just it's, all of it's weird, right? You can't yeah, see it. It's any- really hard to describe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and in the back, right? Yeah, you're sitting yeah. like this. Yeah. Do so you have? N- you see nothing. All your trust is in this person that's. Yep. Sitting there, you just like going for a ride. Yep. And you got out the first time. You're like, I'm gonna do this and keep doing this. Like there was no. There was like I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. And I was mm. like, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna go try that again. Yep. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> And by this point, I'd already dropped all my classes. So yeah, I'm, so you're I'm like, here. I'm in. <laughs> and so now you've moved. You've moved to Calgary. Yeah, yeah. So I like, moved in like yeah, July yep. of 2014. So that's your yep. first full year. Mm-hmm. And then what is the like? What starts to happen? Yeah. So like, I didn't ended up competing with Kaylee that season, mm-hmm. and so that that was interesting in and of itself, right? Because you're brand new, paired yep. up with the two-time Olympic champion, like the like like best. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it was kind of insane. Just like the learning curve and figuring out like I'm like I'm still figuring out the sport while being asked to compete at an elite level. Yeah. And there was, I think, so much turnover just in bobsled in general that year. Yeah. Like I think at that first World Cup race, I think I remember the announcer saying like, "Oh yes, like every single sled from every nation, brand new brakeman." Hmm. Yeah. So it's just yeah, it was just just the, that time, whatever for whatever reason. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So and then I had made that commitment. I was like, yeah, like. The goal at this point, I'm like, for sure, it would be like, it'd be sweet if I could go to the games in 2018. Yep. And I'd made that commitment to move down to Calgary and and give it a go. Yep. Yeah. Um, That year with, with Kaylee, like just the, the conversations you had, were they, mm-hmm. were you, did you know what you were, who was talking to you and were, were you actually journaling about it? Were you, were you taking notes or like or what was being said or yeah. were you just like, like Listening. in terms of like um, just any this just little tidbits you're like wow I never would have thought that or I never would have yeah well it was a very weird year it was also the first time um, like Kaylee had spent a lot of the time after the Olympics lobbying our international federation because women only had two men at the time yep. to also have four men yeah and so she had essentially like won this I don't even know what to call it but um yeah so she was I was on Team Humphreys as her female brakeman for two men. Mm-hmm. But she also had a team of with three guys and she competed in four men. Right. So it was a very interesting season and her yeah. time was like, yep. she was actually quite focused on learning how to drive a four man sled because yep. she was doing that at a world cup level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so it was, that. it was a very mm-hmm. crazy season. Mm-hmm. And I was like 21. I was no joke, like probably like six or seven years younger than almost anybody else there. And we had sent, spent the preseason separate. So it's kind of like, because we had to qualify the four-man sled, essentially, to mm-hmm. compete in World Cup. And there's, like, a quota that you needed. So we literally, like, before the World Cup season started, like, chased around North America and even went all the way to France to qualify a sled for this. And it was just Team Humphreys that did this. Yep. And then we met up with, essentially, the World Cup team in, I don't know where the first World Cup was. <laughs> it was, like, Lake Placid, I think. <laughs> Lake Placid. Yeah, it would have been Lake Placid. And it's, like, kind of, like... Okay, I know nobody here other than the five people I've been traveling with the entire preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was bizarre, and I was also the only person on the team at that point that wasn't on a four man team. It was a really weird season. Um, yeah, weird. But were you like half comfortable? Were you okay with the the how weird it was, or did it start like? Keep, I was in was over you, my head. 
Yeah, you were just like, <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've like never competed like at this level. Mm-hmm. Never competed internationally. I've traveled internationally, but like with family and stuff. Yeah. And I went from like a super like tight knit community in university to being like, I am on this World Cup team with not even people that are like my peers. These mm-hmm. are these people are like almost a decade older than me. Yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> Just, hey. Hi. <laughs> I'm here. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> crazy. So yeah. year one was a... Oh, it was a whirlwind. It was mm. crazy. Yeah. Mm. And it was like, what does it look like to learn a brand new sport at the highest level? Yeah. And like the expectation's high. Like you're yeah. competing with a two-time Olympic champion. Yeah. Hey, you got to figure it out. Yeah. Quickly. And I'm like, I don't even know if I like this sport, but I'm here. So <laughs> yeah, lots of tears shed. I feel like that year. Yeah. Yeah. Just figuring it out and how about the results were they there the first year it depends what angle you look at it i guess for for you i guess like yeah did you um yeah we ended up um i think we won four yep medals that year out of on so yeah medals at half the races that season so um, got silver overall in like the point standing. Yep. Yeah. So got across the globe at the end of the year. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Coming from <laughs> never done done the sport. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. but it was interesting because like Kaylee's coming off of like a second Olympic win, right? Yep. So it's like, what is success to her yeah, versus sure. what is success to me? Like yep. miles apart. So mm-hmm. it's interesting because it's like we'd get like. I remember my first medal, like at a World Cup level, and we're like on the podium. You get to see like the flag raise and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, this is cool. Like, I want to get to celebrate this. And she was like, not happy with how that race went. We had gotten bronze, and it was like, I think a track where she had like previously like held the record and all this yep. kind of stuff. So yep. it was like a weird dichotomy as well, mm-hmm. where it's like you have to like temper your excitement because yeah, she's like, I was like, oh, so we don't get to celebrate this, okay. <laughs> Okay, what's next? <laughs> like, I'm sorry that you're upset that we meddled. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I totally get it from that side too, right? Yep. I'm like, her, what her standard of success and yep. like what she was like setting out to achieve was different. And yep. there was a lot of other things going on that weekend as well and yep. stuff. So yeah, it just, it made it, made it interesting being mm-hmm. like, I don't know, the rookie in the bat. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the extreme though, right? Oh, 100%. Super young. Yeah. Very achieved almost everything yeah yeah and so i think there's like i mean also at 21 right you're looking at this this person being like okay so am i doing this right like Mm -hmm. i need some affirmation but she was very busy with like the format like learning that so yeah so what starts happening from like 15 16 like the the build to the to the next games yeah it was it was weird coming in having the target on my back right from go right because there were so many people that retired um the closer you get to an Olympics, the more people start being like, oh, yeah, I would like to try that sport kind of thing. So it was like even going in from season one to season two, it was like I remember there was somebody, high-level track and field athlete that was coming out, and they had the same agent, I think. So there was probably, I think, some stuff that in terms of like media that maybe was premature about being like, this is the brand-new duo. And I'm like, oh, like – I've gotten replaced and I didn't even get an opportunity to fight for my spot. Which in hindsight, that's not what happened. I know, but in, in but that's what the media moment, was yeah, kind yeah. of talking about. Cause yep. it was this really exciting potential duo of like summer, meet winter kind of yep. thing. Yep. Um, so it was interesting being like, okay, like I have a, I have a target on my back that I need to like, to keep, to keep the spot. Like I'm top dog and I 
don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but but you're comfortable with fighting? Like you're you're to dig in and like I think so. But yeah. like at the same time trying to figure out like I don't know. There's like I think a little bit of like imposter syndrome kind of yeah. going on too because you're like, yeah. like brand new. I don't, like I'm so yeah, I'm so new at this. I'm like I don't. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. But like just naturally, whatever you have is working. Yeah, like the cross training I had done in track and field like transferred just super well. Like yeah. I think I had one of the best ever like rookie push times that they've had. Awesome. So. So yeah, big target yeah. on your back. Yeah, big target on my back. Yep. And like every single season, like more and more people are coming out. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, year two, like, probably one of the most successful years. Medaled um, at, like, nine out of nine races. Cool. Yeah, got, like, the – won the overall title, got silver at World Championships. Um, yeah. But good year. Good year, yeah. Who was driving? That was with Kaylee. Again. Okay. Yeah. yeah, between, yeah, 2014 to 2018, um, I did most of my racing with Kaylee. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's, like that- – like Canada one, is Canada that, one, yeah. Or, and at this point, um, so the Canada two pilot from 2014, she retired, okay. and so we only had one female sled on tour for two and a half years okay. on on the World Cup level. Okay, yeah. Um, so you're doing good. Mm-hmm. Year two is awesome. Yeah, year two was also when instead of having a format team with the men, we ended up having a format team. So I got to be part of the first ever all women's World Cup team. Awesome. Which is, yeah, cool and crazy. But it was like, I think we had like decided this right around Christmas that it's like, oh yeah, at the Lake Placid race, like this is, we got the green light finally from like the International Federation to be mm-hmm. like, yeah, we can have an all women's sled, not take a male spot within the four-man competition, but compete in the same race still, mm-hmm. essentially. So it was like all women competing against essentially a men's field, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember being in the ice house, literally being like, okay, we're trying this out for the first time. And like loading from the side and stuff like that. Like yeah. I actually wasn't loading from the side. I was, I was a brakeman still oh, that so year on like, the four man sled. Um, yeah, but we were like, learning, like we were like a literally going. a week before I think going to world cup and we're like, okay, we're all like good push athletes, but loading into a four man sled, like that is, that is a different ball game. And mm-hmm. like, being like, yeah, let's learn this. Like, we let's, got a week. We got a week, and then we're going off of one of the most technical tracks. So, figure out how to get in. <laughs> and it's televised, right? And you're like, don't make a fool out of yourself. Get in. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, so, that's year three. That's year two. Year two. So year two is like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Hmm. It and and the schedule is not set up for it too. Like I remember there was one day. I think in the span of 24 hours, we raced three times. No way. And how how exhausting is it, like? Uh, yeah, um, like on a like, like on a, a like, physical level, an yeah, emotional like level. Like well, both. Like your output, yeah. your output after a race or after an event, is mm-hmm. it does it take everything you have? And then when it's yeah, when it's done, you're. I like, mean, I, we are trained, of course, right to yeah to maximize. Like it's funny, right? It's like it's five seconds of effort. Kind of thing in some like some senses, right? It's yep. like the push is about five seconds, yep. but it's like all in, mm-hmm. and then an intense ride down. There's a lot though with Bob, so that's like behind the scenes and an endurance, like in terms of moving around equipment and equipment prep yep. as well. So it's like, so even for a race day, we'll end up probably like putting, getting our sled ready to go and stuff like that, a minimum of two hours before the race would start being up at the track doing warm-ups yep. kind of thing like 
for yeah, five seconds of pushing. Yeah, we're usually doing of... 45 minutes of a warm up kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're good to go. And it is because it's um it's all nervous system based. So like I've had times and it sounds crazy, but it's like all these different things that like symptoms and stuff that you would get from say like a concussion or something like that. Um, not even in sliding season, like you're just so nervous system, like neurologically burnt out from pushing yourself so hard yep. that you have those same like sluggish feelings mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And like working through a fog, but, but it's like, that's the energy system we're training. So it's very different than like, um, I remember like I lived with like a wrestler and she was like, she just, I don't think she really got how, cause her training was so different and she was like a very much like. Uh, like endurance based too, even mm -hmm. for wrestling. Yep. And whereas like <laughs> I would come home from training and I'm like, I can't even function. I'm like sleeping the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a weird kind of training. It's Way very, different. very taxing, mm -hmm. but it's not like on paper. It looks easy. Yeah. When yeah. you're looking for like, when you're actually just tracking like time for output, it looks. Yeah. Well, and I guess this gives it a little bit of perspective, like with my coach, um, for us, like if we're doing 30 meter sprints that day, if you drop off a 10th of a second, you're shut down for the day. Cause neurologically that means you're not mm. firing where mm. we need you to be. Wild. Yeah. A 10th. A 10th. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of time. No, it's like nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So 2018 is your first games? Yes. Yeah. So what does that, what does that kind of look like for you? I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, the cliche story of like, well, I guess yours is different. You knew you were going to be there. Sort of, not really. Like, so every year, like, so the start of 2018, there's up and comers showing up and you're totally. just like, I still got to earn your spot. Yeah. And you kind of like retry out for the team every single year. Okay. And so, yeah, went in again with like target on my back, two time, like uh, back to back silver medals at like world championships. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, had to fight for that top position yep. and started out the season like super strong. I think we had gotten like gold, silver, gold, fourth. Um, for four opening races kind of of the year. Yep. And in that fourth reason, race where we got fourth, um, I had some like cramping issues. Yep. Um, and just like I had some on and off hip issues kind of like throughout the summer and even like those first couple of races that we kept on trying to adjust and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's weird, like we are strong enough and powerful enough to literally like pull our body apart a little mm -hmm. bit. And that's kind of what I had done with my yep. hip a little bit. Just out. Yeah. And it just kept on, it sounds so simple, but it was like the, my hip, instead of like sitting nice in the socket, was just kind of like forward and up, which just meant that like certain muscles weren't able to like function though they wanted to. And yep. it just, like we couldn't get it to kind of relax off and it led to some cramping and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so this is like 50 days before the opening ceremonies and being like, okay, like I'm not at a hundred percent. Let's see if we can get through a warm up without like having this cramp essentially. Yep. So like rebuilding and stuff mm -hmm. and um at that time too right like it's it's olympic season it's it's very difficult i feel like in bobsled sometimes to also compare brakeman like at the beginning of the season the easiest comparison is a push in the ice house because that's the most controlled variable yep. but that's not what we're doing at the top of the hill mm. a it's not at the top of the hill yeah <laughs> which has like a different yep. mental factor and mm -hmm. game day whatever to it um it's also like the weight of it and the like how you push with another person is different, mm -hmm. especially depending on like what their push style is and stuff like that. You're not yep. pushing the sled on your own. Yep. Now we do in mono bob, but in two man, right? Yep. Very different. Um, there's also other factors like, okay, what's your velocity? So that's like how, how fast is the sled moving when you get in? 
So there's not just a raw time component to it, right? Because yep. it's like all things held equal mathematically down the track. If you have a higher velocity, that push should be the faster one at the bottom. Yep. There's also aerodynamic riding position, which is like impossible kind of to measure. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, right? Like some people in the back of the sled seem faster than others. And you're like, is this an X factor? Yeah, what's happening? It's probably like if you think about it logically, it's aerodynamics. Yep. But it's like, mm -hmm. how do you measure those things? Mm -hmm. And then it comes down to, yeah, not only tenths of a second, hundredths of a second. Yeah. Like I've lost a race by hundredths of a second. Which That's, is ridiculous, right? Yeah. Yeah, I lost a world championship title by three. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> what could I have done different? <laughs> totally. Like yeah. all the turns, all the starts. Like yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so I was in this position, yeah, 50 days out from the opening ceremony. Which is tight, right? Like really tight. Yeah, yeah, this is like December. Being like, okay, not only am I not sure which sled I'll get to race in, I don't know if I actually like even yeah. get to go as a racing athlete anymore. Yep. Um, the next, so we have like eight races in a world cup season mm -hmm. and then either a world championships or Olympic year, the Olympics. Yep. And so this was race four where I had gotten hurt. I sat out the next two races. Mm -hmm. Um, then the third race, um, I ended up having like a push off and then I also raced with Christine De Bruin. So that was that friend from track and field. Mm -hmm. And, um, she had been an up and coming pilot at this time. And uh, we were literally in like a do or die situation against the United States for who got to send a third sled to the Olympics and who would be ranked ninth in the world and go home. Um, so it was literally like, didn't matter if you came first and second in that race yeah. or last and second last, like that's how tight the points were. Crazy. Yeah. And so they were like, Melissa, we believe that like, yeah, we know that your health has been a little bit up and down. Like we believe just like your experience and like your ability, like you're the girl for this. And so they threw me in. With Christine and what's that like? Like an old, like an old friend, like yeah, and like it's crazy because I think that might have been our first international race ever together, mm -hmm. which is insane. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, um, at that level and all that pressure, yeah. and, and it was really unique because at this point in time too, um, I had kept on being told by coaches, right? Like you're at your, we're we want to prioritize you getting back to health. Like we know you and Kaylee, like have like, I think you're on the podium 80% of the time you race. Like that is a very good track record. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, so, and like not over just like one year, like over the course of four years. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So they're like, we still are going to give you an opportunity at some point to like um, prove that you need to, like that you can be in that top position kind yep. of thing. But right now, like we want you to race with Christine. Yep. And so that was a unique race for me because it was like, I got to do this for a friend mm. and I had no idea at that time that it actually would have affected my Olympic position as well. Mm. But at that point it was like, Oh, this is cool. Like I get to just yep. be here for her. I get yep. to support her. I get to give her everything I can. And like, I can't even imagine the amount of pressure and stress she would have felt mm -hmm. that race mm -hmm. literally just going head to head for an Olympic spot that she's worked so many years for. Um, and it was, it's the Olympics is interesting, right? It's a, I guess it's the best in the world, but it's also who is, um, like, it's about worldwide representation. And so just the way things had been shaking out that year on World Cup, um, the Germans had already qualified three. So only two nations in the world can send three sleds for women's bobsled okay. and the two men. And um, it was literally between Canada and the United States. And it would have been, like, Canada, United States, and Germany were the top nine sleds in the world. Hmm. So it's like you are ranked ninth in the world and you will go home. So you don't get to go to the games. Crazy. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. So it was that kind of it a was pressure, pressure position. Yeah. Yep. And it was, it was kind of funny because at the end of the race, like <laughs> we were crying, the Americans were crying and our coach came down to the finish line. He was like, I didn't know because I was in the truck when you guys, like when they crossed. And it was also like, so in bobsled, the first run, you go down, it's cumulative. Yep. And then the second run, it's like reverse. So it goes from slowest to fastest. Okay. So we went off first because the Americans beat us in the first run. Yep. And there was a sled in between. And so we're sitting there, like <laughs> trying to do the math while there's like, because they we had come down, I think, ahead of this other sled. But yep. then the Amer- or the other sled had come down in front of us. Either way, it wasn't a direct comparison mm-hmm. as we're watching the screen. So we're sitting there trying to do the math and we're like, should we beat them? Are we going to the Olympics? Like, we don't know. And like our coach came down. He was like, I didn't know what to say because you guys were crying and they were crying. And I didn't know to say I'm sorry or congratulations. (laughs) And there's like this hilarious, like, I don't know, video of me and Christine going up in the truck and being like, you could tell we've been crying. And it's like, we just made Canadian history. (laughs) First time ever Canada sent three sleds to the games. No way. Yeah. Crazy. For women's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how tight was it? Like the difference oh, between... I went, yeah, like probably a tenth or two. Yeah, Just it like was nothing. not, it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So that was your first Olympics. Yeah, so that was helping qualify for the first so Olympics. So now there's three going. Yeah, three going. Yep. Um. So then the next step is, okay, well, we'll name a team. That doesn't mean... So they named three racing brakemen. They yep. didn't name who those racing brakemen were racing with. Gotcha. So... I was still in this position where I'm like, I don't know who I'm racing with. Um, okay. Alicia and Heather were kind of like locked in together. And I'm like, I, it looks like I'm either with Kaylee, who I've done very successful with. Like mm-hmm. the goal coming into this year was to race with Kaylee. And like we have the potential of winning the Olympics. And yep. that's not a far-fetched thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe with Christine. It's her first Olympics. She's an up-and-coming pilot. Like yep. realistically, top 10 would be sweet with Christine. Yeah. Um, very different than the potential of winning it gold yeah yeah so and i had been told this entire time yeah at the olympics we're just like we have two training days kind of before opening ceremonies we're gonna make sure a that you're healthy and ready to go b we're just gonna like see if you're kind of like the right fit with kaylee still um do a push-off and then that push-off ended up never happening and i got told the day before the opening ceremonies i wouldn't get that opportunity and instead of racing um for that top spot and Mm -hmm. potentially that olympic title um i'd be racing with christine and so it was it was difficult it was a lot going through your head at that time oh yeah it was like that moment like where your stomach just like yeah drops 20 stories kind of thing you're like Mm -hmm. oh okay like i was holding on to this hope and you guys made Mm -hmm. it sound like i could still like work for this and this was still a potential thing and just gone gone like that and like four years leading up to it right like this isn't Mm -hmm. this isn't an overnight thing this is work 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 and then yeah yeah and it's and it's a proven track record and all this kind of stuff too so hard hard to very difficult yeah yeah and like i think even to this date like um kaylee's an insane insanely successful pilot but i think i think even to this date not necessarily we haven't had the biggest wins together obviously her and heather have won the olympics together twice yeah um, but I think we've meddled together more than any other mm. pilot brakeman combo that mm. she's had, which which is interesting. So it was very tough. That's one word to use. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a very hard position. And it's also like, right, that first Olympics where it's like, wow, this is that childhood dream come true. But you're like holding that with that tension of being like, yeah, but yeah. the dream has evolved and yeah. it's moved. And there is mm-hmm. also this feeling of like celebration and loss simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's life. 
Yeah, but it's a lot to manage. Oh, yeah. At that, at that <laughs> level. And then. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the Olympics, more often than not, is like every single human emotion, like, shoved together in two weeks. Which has got to be. It's intense. Oh, I, it's yeah. very intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was hard trying to figure out, like, okay, what does this look like? And even what does it look like for Christine and I to work as a team together? Like, yes, we qualified for the yep. Olympics together, like, in that, like, head-to-head race against the United States. But it's, like, the reality is, it's like, no, we haven't we haven't been competing together all year. Yeah. Um, so trying to, like, lay and establish, like, some of those, like, whether it's, like, ground rules or, like, how mm-hmm. do you need to be supported, like, mm-hmm. vice versa. And, like, in hindsight, it was really beautiful because it's, like, oh, Christine's this person that, like, introed me to the sport. We literally like, grew up, like, perfect. 45 minutes yeah, yeah, away yeah. from each other. Yeah, yeah. Like You couldn't even written it that. Yeah. But it didn't mean it was, like... It was hard. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. Yeah, to stay focused. Yeah. Well, and and just like you said, to manage those emotions, to, mm-hmm. ma- to manage that like, oh, dreams achieved and dreams like crashing to the ground simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So how'd the Olympics go? We finished seventh. So we like... Blew, Top 10, I think, sweet. Yeah, we blew people's like expectations out of the water. For, awesome. Like what we were supposed to finish at those games, which was sweet. Yep. Yeah. So the Olympics are over. Then where's your, because of the, yeah, that crushing moment. Mm-hmm. Do you start thinking about like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, mostly just needing time and space. Yeah, I think you're, yeah, you find a way to push through. You're like, okay, like this is the goal. This is the end goal. Like you find a way, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to clean up the mess later. Yep. And there was a mess for sure to clean up and like work through. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't train actually a lot. Um, after, after that. that, yeah, I think it took me, I did stuff here and there kind of throughout the summer, but yeah. I spent it most of the summer. Off. I think like, I also kind of, at the beginning, you don't realize what you're giving up either. And then it's like All that hindsight it. is 2020 20, and you're like, wow, I've missed a lot. And so, and I remember writing like, I think a letter to like extended family even and stuff like that being like, Hey, like, this is what I'm like when I started back in 2014, like, this is what I'm going for. I like up front like I'm probably gonna miss family events like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be there for all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and like maybe growing up like in a smaller community and having a family farm and stuff it's like we did a lot with extended family and stuff yeah and so um I really wanted to take that time after the 2018 Olympics to spend time with like family yep. and friends and 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 were you also like figuring out if you wanted to keep doing it like was it that kind of depth of reflection a bit um yeah I was definitely I think really hurt by the sport yeah um and hurt by the system maybe as Mm -hmm. well and being like I like I think I think sometimes maybe showing up on that Olympic stage it's like the one time that people actually watch your sport so it's a big deal totally and I think like I know like going into those Olympics I like wrestled with that idea of like what does it look like to like the reality is is like you are being vulnerable by showing like like we're showing up on TV in a full spandex suit being like this is my life's work yep. judge me you know like <laughs> pressure 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 to like hundreds of a second yeah. like it's like yeah <laughs> and so it's like it's objectively vulnerable yep. in some ways but yep. you're like okay emotionally and mentally do i also want to like acknowledge and work in that space or pretend that i'm like I don't know untouchable or something like that and I think there's like a strength sometimes and like I like I know you said that you've spoken with artists and stuff like that right I feel like there is something like 
very strong and powerful, but very difficult in choosing to lean into that vulnerability. Oh, but right, that's where courage is and that's where bravery is. And mm-hmm. that's where like, yeah, those big strength moments are. Um, but that doesn't mean it's easy because vulnerability literally means, okay, like I'm expo- like opening up my heart, mm-hmm. opening up myself to mm-hmm. like the possibility of being hurt. Yep. Yeah. You saying that like so eloquently, do you, <laughs> do you like, do you give that a lot of thought? Have you worked with that a lot? Have you like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like a, there's no way that's, yeah, that's like, off the cuff. No. And, and going into even those Olympics, like it was something I think I intentionally chose again yeah. and again. And it's interesting because I think in some ways that's very counter sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe sometimes people are like, oh, Melissa, you need to be more mentally tough. And I'm like, eh, it depends how you look at that. Like I'm probably <laughs> as resilient as I'll get out here um, just because I'm choosing to not turn off emotionally doesn't yeah. mean I'm. You can't handle it. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Wild. Yeah. It's re- yeah, it's very insightful to hear that because it's um people don't really people that don't get to experience the Olympics, they have no idea what it actually means to mm-hmm. what it what it actually takes on every level. So it's Oh yeah. I think there's like a for sure like a mental, uh physical, spiritual like yeah. investment in yeah. it. And I like I I think aware of that, like was intentional with that as well. Like I would meet up with a mentor. Um, like I'm a Christian. I had mentioned I went to Bible college and stuff. So I, I met up with like a mentor. I had think phoned her back in like August that I had worked with like during university. And I was like, Hey, like the Olympics, this is going to be intense. Like, can we meet up every other week? Let me know what you think. Cool. And yeah, I just gave her full authority to check in on whatever she wanted to check in on kind of thing. And, um, there was other things too, where it was like, I was like, okay, yeah. Eight months before the Olympics. I'm like, no TV. Cause that's like, for me, TV was like a cheap form of rest versus mm-hmm. something that actually like built right, right. my tank back up. Right. Instead of like you're watching TV, you're still like firing and it takes energy yeah. to watch it. Yeah, totally. And it's not, it's, it's in, sometimes it's like, it's easy to turn on yep. versus there's, I feel like other forms of rest where it's like takes a little bit more initial effort, but yep. you feel more rested after. Yeah. I found for me, I was like, oh, I rarely get up from a show being more energized or filled. Mm-hmm. You're exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, Like, oh, I'm just as exhausted as I started. So (laughs) therefore, I was like, no, this is a very intense season. And I knew it was going to be very intense just like with that target on my back, with just like the volatile relationships and just like the pressure of Mm -hmm. performance and that kind of stuff. Like, but I was like, okay, no, like I want to prioritize those things and like also work with with the mental performance consultant and like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you, you can like, Again, I can't imagine what you actually do and what it actually takes, but to, to not have that mental side in check, I just yeah. feel like it'd be a disaster start to finish. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, I think, in some ways, right? Like you're figuring it out as you go. Yeah. In some ways, it's kind of like, okay, like how do you <laughs> try and build a little bit of a safety net almost or mm-hmm. whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of check and balance. Yeah, because, yeah, how do you, whether you want to talk about it as like a holistic athlete or whatever, yep. right? Like what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so after you're kind of like breaking the summertime, do you do you figure something out? Is there like a... I had decided, I had already had done like a driving school previous. Yep. Um, and I had fun with it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'll do another one. So about a month after the Olympics, went to a three-week driving school in Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Like, yep. And I needed that, I think, after the Olympics. The Olympics was like a massive emotional roller coaster yep. um and then it was fun to get back to like 
the most grassroots level of our sport. Yeah. Not really a grassroots program. Yeah. Yeah. But that idea of like, oh, just like, okay, try something new. Like, mm. who cares how well you do? Like, yeah. just like have fun with it. Yep. And so I think that experience was like really cool for me. Mm -hmm. Perfect um, timing. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I was kind of at this position where it was like, I think I knew in my heart of hearts, I'm like, I'm not done with bobsled, but I think it was really hard to still acknowledge that. Um, so I had, I had actually done a little bit with track cycling in Canada for like a month or something like that. Like went to the velodrome here in Calgary and just like did some stuff with them, had some fun with it. Mm -hmm. Um, like I think, I don't know if you want to look at it as like two levels, like on the surface level, it's like, Oh, I'm logically going to look at like what it looks like to transition maybe into a different sport. And then like in that gut feeling, like that deeper level being like, you know, you're not done with bobsled, Melissa, like, but good try, but. Yeah. We're still got to do this. Yeah. So I hit, but I made that decision to be like, oh, I'm going to switch roles. I think that's what I needed. And I think even going into the Olympic season in the back of my head, I was like, I would love to be a pilot. Mm. Just yeah. Different challenge. Different challenge. You wanted to like uh, test yourself and mm -hmm. obviously thought you and could as do a, it. And as a brakeman, I think too, right? Like at the level I was at, I think I was technically, I, I would honestly say one of the best technically at what I did. Yep. Um, so the gains were all like, hours and hours yeah. of work in the gym like, and on the track for like a hundredth of a second. Yeah, okay. And so very, very tedious. Yep. And so, yeah, it was, I think, exciting to get to be like, oh, like I suck at this. I get to watch myself grow. <laughs> mm. The challenge, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Cause that sometimes that, um, like the journey, like trying to totally. figure something out is gives you energy and actually, yeah. That idea of like, um, seeing accomplishment. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. So you did a camp and like, were you good right away? Yes and no. I You're, don't know. Like my coach, my coach was like, you have a lot of potential in this. I somehow, so this entire time somehow have not crashed up until this point, which is crazy. So like multiple training sessions, no crashes. Yeah. yeah. And I mean like in my entire career, hmm. I had not crashed as a brakeman at this oh, point yet. Either. You're like, yeah. So, and like somehow I made it through that three week, mm -hmm. um, school and, mm -hmm. and the one I had done pri prior, um, even like I had gone out to whistle at the end of year three of the Olympic cycle. That first one yep. went out and did a driving school. It was for fun. We were there for like 10 days or something like that. Me and um, Derek were paired up together. We were the two people in the driving school that didn't crash. And we were like, right, we were flip-flopping. Mm -hmm. Somehow walked out of that driving school, hadn't crashed. <laughs> Go to Lake Placid. We're doing monobobs. I don't know how. Managed to save all these random things. Walk out of that, still haven't crashed a bobsled. So you haven't, you haven't experienced this like <laughs> no. torture yet. Like, oh, I've accomplished a lot in the sport. But the joke in bobsled is like, oh, you're not a real bobsledder until you crash. And I'm like, well... I've gone to the Olympics. I have 17 World Cup medals and four World Cup, like, overall trophies and two World Championship medals. Not a real bobsledder. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, but, yeah, switched into driving that year. Decided yep. I was like, yeah, I, I want to give that a go. Cool. Yeah. And then where does that take, where did that take you? Where has it? Where yeah. it's, you're still on it. So, so what are you even doing? Ironic in a sense that I'm like, oh, you're five in the sport. And I'm like, first year on a development level. Mm -hmm. So that was weird. Mm -hmm. um, but exciting. Getting yeah. to like literally learn the ropes because that's what, how our we, we drive our sleds. It's yeah. not a steering wheel. It's a it's a rope system connected yep. to an axle that's going to pivot. So ridiculous. That that's, when you see it when you see it on TV and like how like. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's so it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because like a big steer would be like this. Yeah. So like a foot. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's a mm -hmm. oh, we're crashing, let's save it steer. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like these <laughs> otherwise it's kind of like mm, 
half a centimeter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. So, but it's about when. And so it's like yeah. that it's that seat time that you need to it, really get that experience. And when did Mono come into the Olympics? So they announced that same summer um, that it would be a new Olympic event for the next games. Which so was, they were kind of going back and forth between four women bobsled yep. and Mono Bob. Okay. Mono Bob had been in an event at the youth Olympic level. Yep. And so I want to say this was whew, even April of 2018 that okay. they announced that it would be Monobob as the second women's discipline mm-hmm. at the next Olympics. Yep. So it was exciting also being like, oh, like now choosing to be a pilot, like I have two disciplines that I get can, can potentially like compete in. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So what is it? What, like that was 2018. So here mm-hmm. we are in 2022. Yeah, yeah. What, so the goal. What, what have you been doing? Yeah, the goal was to make it back to the Olympics yeah. as as a driver. Yep. Um, starting literally from zero to like mm-hmm. 100, I guess you could say. Yep. Um, learning the ropes. And so, yeah, went through like the development program. Like, took me, it actually, so speaking of, since we talked about crashing, I don't know. Everybody joked that I had horseshoes up my butt. Um, first crash was like, I actually got back in the sled again as a brakeman. For a race, and yep. my first crash was with Christine. Actually, no way. <laughs> After we had we'd gone to the Olympics, competed together, mm-hmm. and it was just like really difficult um, ice conditions yep. at, in Whistler, which is the fastest track in the world, mm-hmm. and we had crashed. And uh, it's funny because she's like, I can't believe that she's like, you'd been. I'd already been driving now. This would have been end of November, maybe. So been back in the sled in the front seat for two months already. Still hadn't crashed. <laughs> And she was like, I thought for sure you would crash yourself before you. She's like, I can't believe I was your first crash after all of this. It was hilarious. So now, um, you're, now you're a real bobsledder. Now it's finally a real bobsledder. Mm-hmm. And it was a crazy race. It was like on a development level, but it was like before the World Cup. So there was still like a decent amount of like high quality pilots there. Yep. Ice conditions were just so crazy. Um, I think there was two people in the race that didn't crash. Like the person that got bronze was the person that crashed the fastest. Crazy. Yeah. Insane. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Wild. So, but yeah, got to like learn the ropes, got to like work my way up kind of as a development pilot. And because I, uh, both myself and Cynthia Pia, because we were both very, she was a spare at the break at the 2018 games as a brakeman. So because we both had that like really strong push background, um, the program was like, Oh, like you guys have a lot of potential. And so they did, like prioritize like helping mm-hmm. us out and stuff yep. like that. But it was different going from being like a top level brakeman mm-hmm. to being like a grassroots level pilot because mm-hmm. it's like not only are you like, yeah, changing your role and changing what circuit you're on, you're also going from like making money to paying money to doing your sport. And you're like, okay, how do I afford this? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So yep. it was it was a fun new learning curve in a lot of different ways. Yep. Yep. So then, so where so where are you right now and you're kind of... Yeah, so I managed um, to go back to the games yep. in 2022. Um, my first like World Cup race as a pilot would have been, I think you're two of the quad. We ended up going. Um, there was just some open spaces in a race. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And so had done like one race at that point. But I mean, ups and downs and lots of crashes and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually also in that time span in year three it like it took a few years for like them to figure out what monobob looked like as well yeah and so year three they came out with okay like we're gonna get all the nations to buy a standardized sled 
everybody kind of had got them like pretty much in January yep. and like went straight into racing in them. So they, like it was interesting because yeah, it's, like levels. people had no time to figure out yeah. the sleds. Yep. And so um, I somehow that year, so this would have been year three of the quad, like won the first ever Monobob medal for Canada. No way. Yeah. At a World Cup level. Crazy. It was just like, okay. <laughs> here we, here we who, are. Who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, but that weekend was, again, like we go back to that dichotomy of like, what does it look like to hold like success and failure simultaneously or like, I don't know, achievement and loss or whatever that, mm-hmm. you know, tension is. And in that same weekend, won that first ever medal in that discipline, brand new discipline for Canada. Um, the day after we were, I was in a head to head race against Cynthia for who we get to do um, the two man race at world championships mm-hmm. a couple of weeks later. And I think she beat me by like a mere hundredths of a second. Crazy. So it was like weird because it was like I was in this space where it was like very excited about celebrate this celebration to like super high high to super low low mm-hmm. to being like I'm processing this information while like I'm getting phone calls for interviews about that other race and I'm like I can't even function like <laughs> yeah and so I just feel like so often in like sport I'm I've been asked to hold these tensions and even the, going into these last games for whatever reason the way they did the international quota um you could qualify three sleds um for your nation in two man but they only had a maximum of two for monobob okay. and so canada we were the strongest monobob country in the world yep and i was ranked i think eighth in the world and i didn't get to compete in the games in monobob so really? even these olympics had to like hold that tension again because mm. Yeah, we just had such a strong team. Like Cynthia yep. and Christine went in ranked third and fourth yep. um, in the world, and I was ranked eighth in the world. Mm. And so it was, it, I mean, that was a weird position to be in. I'm like, mm. I am the highest ranked athlete not competing at the Olympics, and I am ranked higher than 13 of the people competing here. Mm. Okay. Well, that sucks, but that's how <laughs> what it is. Like, But you're like asked to walk out those emotions simultaneously yep. of being like, okay, like I'm here to also like support my team. Like, what is my role in this? Like, trying yeah. to figure out those things. So I actually ended up being at the finish line when Christine, um, she crossed the finish line and won bronze, um, which was a cool moment. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, so I got to be there um, yeah. and celebrate with her. Yeah. But it was hard to show up for that race. For sure. Yeah. But you have to dig deep to actually... Yeah, I almost didn't go. And then, um, yeah, I had someone back home that was like, you, you should go. Because like, you... You yeah, know, I should. <laughs> yeah, like fast forward, like you know, ten, fifteen years from now, when if you yeah. look back on that moment, you're like, mm. yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it would have made a difference um, for anybody else necessarily. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I like Christine did say she's like, yeah, Melissa, like, thanks for coming out like that. It yeah, means that a was lot. cool. Yeah. So would she have like had hurt feelings or missed me if I wasn't there? No. No, but you but, would have been to to be able to experience that like so close to that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you didn't have that. When you're older, you'd be like, oh, I, I might have. Yeah. That could have been a special moment just to yeah. have in my back pocket. Um, so what's going on right now? After after those games, what are you doing? <laughs> I literally started training last week. I took like three months off. Yep. Um, and just, and looks different for every athlete. For me, I still like like just to do other things kind yep. of things. Still stay in shape, still stay fit, but it's not like bobsled specific yeah. training um so i just started training again um i knew when i like jumped into the front seat that it was kind of like an eight-year commitment it usually takes like like four years is sweet to be able to go back 
to the Olympic level. I was yep. actually the first ever Canadian woman to have competed at the games as both a brakeman and a pilot. Mm. And so, which is kind of crazy. I didn't realize that stat until somebody told me and I was like, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I've just been in the right place at the right time. And it's like, I got to make history here and there yeah, totally. and here and there. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but decided that like, yeah, to be at that elite level and yep. that like metal threat kind of level, it takes more time. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of funny too, right? We do like maybe 120, 150 runs in the winter just because of how taxing it is and stuff. We only yep. do a couple a day, yep. which is more or less the length of a movie. So it's like, oh, I've gone to the Olympics. I've had maybe four and a half movies worth of seat time, right? Yeah, which is not a lot. Quick, quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do lots of like mental reps, and we'll like walk the track all the time and yep. stuff. But it does take that time, and that's why you'll see, for instance, in monobob, like Christine was the least experienced pilot out of the three that medaled, mm-hmm. and she has over a decade of driving experience. Crazy. Yeah. So. So you can see it when people say like it's an eight-year kind of. Oh yeah. You understand it, and you're. Yeah. So you in? Are you? Yeah, that's that's the plan that's right now. Awesome. Is yeah, going again for another four. Twenty six. Twenty twenty six. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. it's just head down. Well, work, and I World think it's Cup, always like, yeah, yeah. It'd be like the goal would be like World Cup again this winter kind of yep. thing. But there's an ebb and flow to it. Like and we even talked about like whether that was back in like in training or just even like what things looked like after the last Olympics. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's there's like a balance between that like work and rest and trying to figure out like the mental side yeah. and like the yeah the physiological side like even like we were on the road this last year for five months straight pretty Gross. much we got home for we were home six days between October fourth and February twenty second I think we flew home twenty fourth I don't know it was crazy that's a yeah that's a big commitment. Big commitment, yeah. mentally exhausting. Yeah. Like I haven't gotten to be home for Christmas for mm. the last two years. Um, yeah, that's, so that's it's a... just like it's trying to find that balance and that rhythm. And I feel like the beginning of the quad affords you that a little bit more to be like, oh, I get to focus on like most of the human. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Melissa, the daughter, most of the sister. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. is there actually a balance, you think, to, to be able to play a to be an athlete at that level, is there actually ever a balance or is it always just um, like... I think if you have longevity of career, there has to be a balance. Just because you can't you can't withstand the like wild up and down. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you can... I feel like we're... You're only made to go hard for so long, right? Yeah. There's seasons. You, I mean, I think that's like... I don't know. You'd look at nature itself, right? Like everything has rhythms and ebbs mm-hmm. and flows mm-hmm. and like seasons of rest or winter or whatever you want to call it right yeah and i think as people right we're the same it's like there's a reason why we have to sleep every night we don't get to go 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 Mm -hmm. so and it's learning how to like i think like respect that balance and like learn those boundaries and like even utilize it right and enjoy it versus Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know freaking out and being like oh i'm not getting better yeah so and it's ironic because for us as athletes i think in some ways and even like as a student if we go back to that kind of stuff right like when does your body recover? When does your brain take things from short-term memory into long-term memory? Well, it's when you're sleeping, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's when you're resting. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just kind of getting into this next four. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really cool for me now to actually like watch this because it'll be... Yeah. And and you obviously have goals and you have things you want to achieve. So mm-hmm. you're just going to have a put the plan in place and just like go. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I, I think last time around, I was a lot more strategic with like, I was like, okay, first two years of the quad, focusing on learning, focusing on even like mental, like I, recovery or healing or whatever you want to call it kind yep. of thing. Like, and I dug deep. I did ended up like, I hired a life coach. I like, so awesome. you're right. Maybe I'm not wired like most people, but I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with this. I'm, I'm, gonna- <laughs> I'm glad you finally figured this out. <laughs> like I'm going to hire a life coach. I'm going to do this course. <laughs> but Yeah. Cause I'm like, I, I'm like, I want to work through these things so that I can kind of be not only the athlete I want to be, but the person I want yeah, to totally. be doing it. Yep. So, cause I think even one of those things as a brakeman, when I had a lot of success, I was like, okay, what does it look like to be a champion? Not mm-hmm. only sure in re- terms of results, but in terms of character and yep. to be able to like through and through kind of hold those things. Cause not easy. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. a, it's very thoughtful that you're, that you started thinking about those things. That's it. That's it's way different. Yeah, like I said, my, my journal series, I think it's like 24 volumes deep. But that's no like, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. You can do yeah. it. Do you think you'll ever, will you do anything with those? I don't I Every so often, I'll look back at them. Yep. Um, and there's different seasons even in them. I like prefer no lines. I actually like, it would have been going into the 2018 Olympics that I actually brought watercolors with on tour. And I do not claim to be an artist. Mm. But it was just like nice for me to like process things in a different way cool yeah i don't know maybe we'll see like if i'm like talking and like building like a speech or something like yeah. that or like because I've, I've done a decent amount of like sharing at schools and stuff yep. i'll kind of like look back at certain things and stuff but that's a yeah that's a deep catalog of yeah <laughs> your thoughts <laughs> yeah well and it's all the way from grade eight right mm-hmm. so yeah which is like <laughs> yeah i think to be able to have that um to be able to look back on that whatever age mm-hmm. how however However often you do it, yeah. you know, 40, 50, 60, yeah. it'll be, it'll be a trip. Like, yeah, it'll be so interesting. Cause I think, yeah, as you, as time goes by and you get older and you have, you can't remember everything. So I think mm-hmm. what you've created is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. And it, for me, it's more than it's sometimes there's life events. Like I would say that I like record, but yeah, yeah it is more so those like, whether it's theological or introspective, like questions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like right now I'm kind of like sorting through because I feel I feel still like even in the like wake of the Olympics and like yes I've gotten back to training I've been working and stuff but like recognizing like oh I'm exhausted and Mm. like that's okay like that's how things Mm. go sometimes like I feel like I was kind of like running on empty for even like January and February and you just find a way to push through and so it's like okay like yes now it's catching up to me and that like that's the way it goes trying to learn how to like respect that and stuff but then like being like okay so where do I set boundaries and so right now I'm like really thinking through like okay values like what do I want what are the core values that I want to honor because I have to say no to a few more things in this season and that's okay yeah but yeah from the from being like 21 super (laughs) rookie to now being this far yeah 11 12 years into this and Mm -hmm. now thinking like this yeah it's such a different Mm-hmm. it's like it's, yeah and I think even like right after that first Olympics being like okay like hindsight you're like oh wow I just got so swept up into that like how do I want to build this next season yeah and this next Olympic cycle so yeah I had split it into like kind of half and then like was like first half is like learning how to drive and like that mental kind of piece and yep. second half I'm like okay now I'm gonna like dive more into like focusing on physical training because I was like yeah I recognize that like that mental work that I was doing was exhausting in and of itself so mm-hmm. i think I, I trained like one or two less days a week in order to afford me the space to do that yeah yeah 
such a, it, it's, it's so crazy. You have to manage all these pieces yeah. to, be, to be like that kind of athlete. It's like, mm-hmm. you can see why it's a full-time job. Yeah, totally. And then, and then there is that right behind the scenes side of like, what does it look like to, yeah, make ends meet or like mm-hmm. have a quote unquote salary. I'm like, yeah, yeah these are my prime working years. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on racing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's been really cool. I uh, I know you're busy, so I want to be like cognizant of the time. But mm-hmm. the way I end these things, I ask one question. Mm-hmm. And it's when I say Calgary, where does your head go? Bob said probably because I moved here for the sport. Yeah. Yeah. And just. Yeah. And the mountains a little bit. Like my, I currently I'm living downtown, but like uh, for the longest time lived kind of up in the Northwest and yep. you get to the mountains every day on my drive in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super cool. Um, this is really, uh, I told you before we sat down, I said, like, I love talking to athletes because I think um, just how you're wired and everybody's a little bit different, but just, yeah, mm-hmm. how thoughtful and just uh, um, how intense your world actually is and the amount of work it takes to pull this off. It's just, it's cool for me to be around it. So yeah, thanks for taking the time. Totally. My pleasure.